Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. I'm Farb Nivy. I'm here with my excellent uh, co-hosts and esteemed team members, Ethan and Connor. And we have three great pieces of news for you today. Let's jump into it. The first one is a big piece of open source news from the folks at Stability. They've announced Stable Studio, their open source version of Dream Studio. Can you tell us about this, Ethan? Yeah, so Stable Studio is just like you said. So Dream Studio has been Stability AI's way to use Stable Diffusion online. So a really easy portal to come in, play with Stable Diffusion 1.5, Stable Diffusion 2, their new language model, Stable LM. And they've dropped Stable Studio as really an open source version of this kind of web application. They really want something that people can continue to keep up to date with their latest models, plug and play, maybe custom models. They've been fine tuning on stable diffusion models and trying to make something that people can integrate with better, utilize better, kind of extend upon and just continue to place themselves in the forefront of open source. If you've played with these models and you're using them open source, maybe you're using something like Gradio or maybe you're using you know, one of those tools like that online and Stable Studio is really their answer to this. They want to continue to embed themselves in open source and make it easy for people to use their latest models. Why is this important, Connor? And what could you do with it? I think the one of the most important things here is that they announced plugins. So instead of directly calling Stability's APIs, now they have plugins built into Stable Studio. I think their angle here is try to give something to the community to let the community build upon and hopefully even improve Dream Studio itself in the future, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. um, they probably see no benefit really in keeping Dream Studio closed source. There's many other alternatives. So now the benefit for them is to make it open source, stable stu studio. If you have a good plugin idea, go build a plugin if you're a developer. So. Yep. Is that the main thing you think is, you know, one would do with it uh, is, is build plugins for it? I would imagine. I mean, there's, like Ethan said, you can use Gradio right now. You can use um, automatic 111 web UI to generate other content right now. So if you want to build plugins for this, build plugins for this. It seems like the the sort of make sure the open source community is getting love from your organization, your AI project uh, continues to be very important. If you sort of stop doing that, I think people will start just recognizing you as mm -hmm. some sort of, you know, over, over there in the corner team that's trying to keep everything for themselves. And you're not going to get the, uh, the masses, you know, teaming up around what you're doing and sharing what you're doing. And you might just sort of slowly disappear. Uh, if that sort of stuff is important for you, some companies are big enough that, you know, even the big guys like G Google obviously care a lot about this. Uh, the folks at Apple, you see, aren't doing necessarily as much right now with the open source world, but, um, you know, they're obviously big proponents of the, of, of dev. So maybe they don't really need to do that as much, uh, as some of the other folks do to show, show the dev world their love. Definitely. Very cool to see more awesome open source stuff happening. Let's go on to our second story. Uh, this is a little bit more of a social story. The um, you know professor at Texas A&M, it seems like, has maybe incorrectly labeled a bunch of folks as using ChatGPT to write essays, even though that's not what happened. Connor, could you tell us a little bit more about this and why is this story important? Yeah, apparently the story is that he got his entire graduating class and he fed their essays in ChatGPT. And ChatGPT is like, yes, I wrote that. And based off that, he failed all of them and is blocking their graduation. 
Uh, it's a pretty common thought process among people who use ChatGPT. They think ChatGPT keeps a log of everything it says. They, keep, they think ChatGPT knows what it says. And they ask ChatGPT if it wrote something, and ChatGPT says yes, and then they just believe it. So. Yeah, ChatGPT sort of you know, probably wants to validate what they're saying mm -hmm. to it. And, it, you know, it's like, if you did this, it's maybe it just wants to generally apply in, you know, the affirmative. Uh, it, it's interesting. It seems weird to me that, you know, more schools aren't getting ahead of this type of stuff. And maybe they are, maybe they're quietly doing things and they're not ready to come out with announcements, but, to, you know, this isn't the first time we've heard this type of story. Uh, this has been happening since, you know, last last fall when a lot of these, you know, cooler, more powerful LLM started started hitting the, the public. Uh, this has been going on. It seems a little strange to me that, you know, a school the size of Texas A&M hasn't already announced some sort of policy or provided its professors with some guidance on how to do things. E Ethan, where, where do you think this is going? Is this the end of this? Is this just the beginning? No, I, I think you're on point with that last point. I was just talking to an educator friend of mine yesterday, and at the end of the day, I, I get it. From a professor's point of view, from a teacher's point of view, you're like, hey, why am I grading this stuff when they're just taking five minutes to write it with ChatGPT? But from an administration side, from the top-down level of these institutions, it needs to be made clear that you, ChatGPT, you can't just tell if this was AI written yet. Uh, GPT-0 and ChatGPT saying, yes, I wrote it. None of these are accurate yet. So it's important that that is conveyed to these professors and that this is something we continuously deal with versus making these like harsh reactionary points of saying, I'm just going to fail everyone. I'm, I'm tired of this. And if one person did it, maybe the whole class did it. I just want to fail everyone. I'm sick and tired of grading AI. So there's some valid points, but it's it's important that we're not doing things like this. So I feel bad for all these students who are sitting there who probably did write a good chunk of these thesis papers or their final papers and are now waiting for their degree because some AI model said, yeah, that was me. I wrote that. Yeah, a few were already exonerated because the, because like they had like Google Docs, like history of like edits and then like their emails and stuff were ignored by the dean and the teacher apparently. But as soon as these stories hit the Washington Post and everything, got into the limelight, of course they were exonerated. So it sounds like the definition of wishful thinking. You know, you, you yeah. want to be able to just plug these into Chad GPT and have it tell you if it's if it's real or fake. And so you do it because you're like, oh, if this thing's so powerful, it should be able to do this, I guess. Uh, but it also seems like you know, maybe this guy's uh, just sick and tired of, 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 of everything, you know, um, sort of sick and tired of this story. Uh, but I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be the last time we hear this story, quite frankly, maybe the last time that we talk too much about it. So it'll have to become a bigger story An entire, entire, you know, graduating classes of tens of thousands of people denied their diplomas or stuff for us <laughs> to cover this again. But, you know, be careful out there, folks. It's a, uh, it's an AI world. All right, let's move on to our third piece of news. It's not small. Um, you know, big news from uh, Stability announcing a new open source uh, program um, and pretty huge news from Microsoft uh, launching what they call guidance, I think is they're just calling it guidance. Uh, and, and, and it's a language to help work with LLMs. Connor, can you tell us more about what exactly is this and, and why you think it's important? Yeah, it's a templating language, essentially, like handlebars. So it's very easily, you can say exactly what you want, and then you can template variables. 
then more importantly here to integrate with LLMs, you can template generating from LLM. You can template, I want this part to have this temperature. I want this part to have this temperature. I want this part to have this max tokens. And you can use different LLMs. You can use anything from GPT-4 to Vicuña. And Microsoft's writing something like guidance in such an open way that's such easy, so easy to template and can use any type of model makes it really nice to see for Microsoft as a really like proponent of open source here. So is this, is this really about, you know, doing much bigger things or is it more about saving time with the things you were already doing or some combination of both? Both. I mean, you can, it saves a lot of time in these problems of templating we've seen before, like we talked about JSON former before, but how difficult it is to get correctly formatted JSON out of a language model. So this does that, but also this makes it cheaper because, or not cheaper, but faster at least, because instead of generating each part of a completion all at once, it can separate it out. It can safely keep the tokens you need to be safe. And it's another step forward in guidance pretty much. Yeah. What Ethan, yeah. what do you imagine, you know, assuming this is mostly for somebody who's developing, you know, and writing software on a regular basis, what do you imagine an engineer is doing with something like this? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, this is just seeing the space mature more. If you've played with these language models a lot, especially on a code side or an application side, there it becomes spaghetti code very quickly. It becomes an absolute mess very quickly trying to wrangle, okay, this prompt is here and then it changes to this prompt, but then I want it to do this. And when you're just trying to control the output of a language model at the end of the day, anyone been in the weeds of that, you're looking at you know a bunch of functions and like I said, spaghetti code going everywhere. So Microsoft releasing a framework like this, we're just seeing the space mature. A few other people have done it and I think Microsoft laid it out really well um, with this guidance framework and just how do we control these models better? How do we make applications better? And how do we continue to make the feature set even larger? You know, cleaner code and cleaner applications give us bigger and better applications. So excited to imagine it. yourself using it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be super useful. Like I said, to remove all these spaghetti codes that people have been using before and, you know, devs have put together their own mini frameworks to try to accomplish this, but having a, you know, it's almost like react to the web development world. Just a framework that everyone circles around continues to add features to is your base level framework is kind of what we're beginning to see these LLMs get. Um, so I would compare this Microsoft guidance to, you know, some of the early web dev frameworks. Very cool. Yeah. They really dialed in their GitHub page for it too. They, they, they weren't messing around. What were you saying, Connor? The current solution to this has been like Langchain, as, we, as we've seen, they even yeah. raised a bunch of money to build this. <clears throat> Um, but Langchain's got a lot of flack because it's over time, it's like Ethan said, gotten very spaghetti. They it's kind of exploded in complexity because it wasn't structured for what it is now when it was originally built because these yeah. chat models didn't exist because the idea of agents didn't exist. So doing all yeah. that in Langchain now is kind of hard. But with guidance, agents is built in, chat, chat models is built in. And far, but we were talking about Ruby on Rails the other day, you know, some of these web dev frameworks, when you centralize them and you make them easy to use, you just enable more application developers, bigger projects, cooler features, and it's same things happening on the LLM space right now. So you're not manually doing all these prompts and chains, et cetera. So, yeah. Connor, do you imagine this replacing Langchain in your, in your workflow? It does. For a lot of what it does, I would definitely see replacing Langchain. Langchain still has some features like parsing files that this doesn't have built in yet. But for agents and for chat and especially something like 
parsing JSON. This is definitely would replace main chain my workflow. Yeah. It's all JSON all the time around here. The uh, is this available now? Yep. You know, yep. open source now. You can use all of it. You can contribute to it. It's here. It's very, it's very cool. What about the the stable studio? I think that's available now too, right? Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Couple of you know big stories plus a uh, you know some mistakes and errors going on over there at Texas A and M. Hopefully they can get their act together. <laughs> Um, and not embarrass themselves any further. Uh, let's see what folks are hearing in the space uh, today. I was going to talk a little bit about, uh, it's not new news, but we hadn't covered it, and it was uh, sort of along the lines of some of the stuff we've spoken about before, uh, which is Google's Universal Translator uh, tool. They've, they've not, it's not quite available yet because it's, you know, it's deep fake territory and they want it to be safe. They want it to have watermarks. And I think that's the, that's the right approach from a big company. They can't just toss this thing out there and create massive chaos around the world. But basically what it'll do is it'll take anything that you're saying in one language, translate it into another language, but it also change the way your mouth moves so that it looks like you're speaking in that other language. So uh, that's gonna be completely bonkers. And I think on a previous episode, we talked about how these sorts of technologies are gonna unleash content onto the world that you know has always been there but siloed in different languages and people don't want to do you know uh, subtitles and they don't want to see uh, horrible dubbing experiences it's going to take the amount of content out there available to you and you know a hundred exits like that even though it's not new content it's just content that you weren't really accessing accessing before uh, I thought that was pretty cool it was just like one of the 50 things that they announced last week but pretty huge news in my estimation ethan what are you seeing out there um yeah a little bit extension on the testimony we talked about yesterday um one of the congressmen had mentioned a constitutional ai and i think it was very interesting they were in the weeds of that um and kind of understood that term i remember on some of the initial discussions and calls with anthropic um of who of course made claude they kind of have a goal and initial work towards building their own like constitution within their large language models and it's a different approach versus doing something like human feedback and trying to align the model for every single possible use case and how should it respond um, so more philosophical and more in regards to regulation and how we continue to go down this path but also affecting how we build these models um, like I said, theoretical right now, but interesting the fact that, you know, our AIs may have their own constitution at one point. Yeah, I sent Sam a little congratulations text yesterday. I thought he yeah. had a bang up job and wanted to make sure he, he knew that he, he, he said thanks. Mm -hmm. uh, Connor, Absolutely. what are you seeing out there? Well, you think kind of stole mine there, but yeah, I was going to comment on the constitution on the constitution also, because it's kind of interesting that word is kind of like from Anthropic. So the Congress mm -hmm woman or I think it was Congresswoman throwing throwing it out there is it's kind of a bit like uh who told you to mention that? But it's funny. one of their staffers uh yeah. one yeah. of their staffers probably listens to AI daily. Not I imagine. And, imagine. You know, probably getting most of their information. I'm not sure that how else they would be so well informed as exactly. they were yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right, some cool news today, big news as usual, and uh we'll see you tomorrow with more in AI Daily. See you tomorrow guys. Peace. Have a great day, all.